Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Stumbled into the NFL trend zone, the week 14 edition. The playoffs are about a month away, and we are barreling towards a regular season finish. We're going to talk about, about three things that happened in the week 13 preview, a smidgen of week 14, and then each person on our panel, from myself, Dustin Baker, to Wes Johnson, to Cody Spears, and Jason Bowen, we're going to provide you with a dark horse Super Bowl team which I think by definition is one that wouldn't be favored right now and would be kind of like the Bengals last year just getting to the Super Bowl. Who's that team this year? We're going to talk about it. Foremost, though, we're going to talk about betonline.ag. Basketball is back, and BetOnline remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup information, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. And as your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. But you got to use our promo code, and that's B-L-E-A-V, Believe. To receive your rewards, bet online where the game starts. Hopping into week 14, but first we're going to go through a couple items from week 13, and then we will spend the last section of the show talking about dark horse Super Bowl teams, whether you want to identify a team that will win the damn thing that's not really being talked about right now, or a finalist um, that's that's on the docket. Wes, I'm going to start with you. Something from week 13 that got your attention. Uh, let's uh, get right down to the nitty gritty of it. Uh, I will go with the uh, Detroit Lions at home against the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, and they uh, thoroughly handled business at home, uh, defeating uh, or beating the Jaguars 40 to 14. Um, this Detroit team is is really starting to come into its own. It, it's humming. They are. Um, I believe they've won four of their last five. Um, I actually think they will probably upset the Vikings at home, uh, especially starting the week as wouldn't even be an upset. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, the, the Vikings started the week as the favorite, I think a one and a half point favorite. And that quickly jumped back over, jumped back over to Detroit side. Uh, within a few hours. So um, I, I just think with um, where the Lions are at right now, how well they're playing, uh, what is at stake, um, I believe that, um, you know, that, that's something we can get into when we get into week 14. But I, I think that uh, the Vikings are in for a battle on Sunday. Um because the the lines look good, um, they've gotten healthy. Uh, they get the the uh, ground game going. They have the passing attack, and that the defense is what was holding them back early in the season. And that defense has been playing much much better. 
A fun fact about the Lions that I just discussed on my podcast with Bryant McKinney was that since they traded TJ Hawkinson, they are four and one. They have the NFL's third best record since that trade, and their only loss was against the Bills on Thanksgiving, in which they were about 30 seconds away from winning and a Josh Allen away from winning. So the important part about the Lions is that they're not just playing good for the Lions in, since November, since start of November. They're playing good for anybody, and they kind of are doing what we predicted on this show in August, that they were going to be, yeah, you know, maybe 7 and 10, 8 and 9 on the come up. It just took them two months to get going. Jason, what's your first item? <laughs> Well, my first item, I, I'm just going to throw this stat out there. This isn't mm-hmm. the game, although it did impress. Uh, <laughs> the Denver Broncos have scored 45 points since their bye. That's been four games. The Cowboys scored 33 points in the fourth quarter. <laughs> Think about that for a minute. Gee, many Christmas. I still don't know how that <laughs> happened, but that was awesome. Incredible. Just a complete implosion. No, my uh, my. Uh, I don't know if it's a surprise, really, um, but is the Raiders getting mm-hmm. their third win, win in a row, looking very competent in doing so. Their playmakers are coming up huge. Um, Adams going for over a buck and a half, I think, and and same with Jacobs. Um, very productive game by Carr, uh, 200 and some, 250, 60 yards, a couple of touchdowns, didn't have that one pick, but their playmakers are doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing. It's starting to seem to click for them guys a little bit. It looks really, really decent. Now, uh, I, it, th- this is just a fraction of what I thought this team would be, too. Remember, th- th- they're doing this without Hunter Renfro and um, that uh, Waller. Waller. Mm. Those two guys, correct me if I'm wrong, but those two guys are pretty heavy hitters, aren't they? Yeah, Waller I mean, especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's uh, you know, and even when they were they were playing, I mean, they were still they were still underutilized and not getting a whole lot of action. But um, very impressed there, and I and I didn't look, and I maybe you got one of you guys know, but the Chargers go down again. Mm-hmm. Six and six, they are Raiders pull the five and seven. Um, wow, uh, you know, I don't, and and that's after Herbert too. He th- he had a pretty well. 350 plus yards, one touchdown, no picks. Be considered a decent game by my standard, but Eckler did only have like 30, <laughs> 33 yards, averaging like three yards a carry. So that's probably one of the reasons. But yeah, wow. Uh, a couple of different things there on uh, that AFC West battle. In the very at the bottom of the AFC, but in there's three teams that are five and seven in the AFC that have a puncher's chance at the seventh seed. That's the Browns, the Raiders, and the Steelers. And by the strength of schedule and the math, the Raiders have the best chance to run the table and get into the dance. All of them are long shots. Um, but, you know, Watson back. I'm going to get to him in just a second. Uh, he, he's, yeah. mine, he's mine for the week. But the Steelers and their pedigree, the Raiders looking hot. The AFC and the fact that the Jets, Chargers, they lost – the bottom of the AFC could get interesting if nobody really wants to claim that uh, it'd be sixth and seventh seed. Cody, your item from week 13. Uh, mine was definitely the Eagles and Titans game that caught my mind. You got the Eagles bouncing back from a few uh, mishaps two weeks ago. Last week, they uh, set a bunch of rushing records in their dominant play. And then this week, they downed the Titans 35 to 10. And the Titans are a um, they're tough out. You know, they're an AFC juggernaut. They went to the AFC championship two years ago and then were the number one seed last year 
Uh, AJ Brown, that guy was felt throughout the entire Titans organization Sunday. Torched him for 119 yards and two tutties. And you'd think he had even more yards than that because, I mean, he was dominant despite sound coverage outside of one broken play. And um, it just takes me back to the summer with Mike Rabel being notably frustrated in the war room whenever they traded A.J. Brown. It was like moments before the news broke. This guy's just seen shaking his head. And it doesn't really seem like his type of way. You know, it's us against the world. Hurrah. You know, we're, you know, we're together in this. And, you and you know, jettisoning off someone like A.J. Brown just definitely after these, this news that broke of the Titans firing John Robinson, their GM. Mm-hmm. It definitely seems like it was a John Robinson move. And, you know, without A.J. Brown, it could be costing the Titans their last of their window with Derrick Henry here. Um, Traylon Burks hasn't exactly stepped up in the steed. I mean, it's been due to health, but still, uh, you know, and then the Titans, they lost to the Bengals last week. Derrick Henry had like 17 carries for 38 yards, and they played a lot of man coverage and stuffed the inside with a four-man front. And it was a formula that worked against the Titans, and they used to not, and it worked really well. Well, the Eagles went, took that same strategy, mastered it, did even better against Derrick Henry. So uh, for me, the, this game caught my eye because if the Titans start to fall and stumble here, that's just opening up an even bigger door for a red-hot team like Cincinnati to to be able to take that path to the Super Bowl because I know that nobody wants to play a Titans team that's hitting on all cylinders in January. That's that's uh, one of the toughest outs in the NFL. So, I mean, kudos to the Eagles. They're they're throttling everybody without a doubt, but also the Titans. I mean, is this their downfall? They are 7 and 5 right now. I don't know off the top of my head who they play next week, but I, I do I do have their strength of schedule is 30th. So, I mean, they could still oh, yeah. cruise into this, but for me it's more about are they easy one and done? I think that they're saved. Their saving grace is their division. You know, yeah. they're gonna they're gonna back into a playoff spot at this point. Yeah. Well, no. they, I got a question about the Eagles real quick too, and this this is kind of off topic, so forgive me. But are, they got some pretty high draft picks coming up here in this next draft too, don't they? One, one, one from I can't remember which trade it is, but it popped back in the top five, didn't it? Jeez. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yep. my god! It plus their own. Yeah, and that'll be yes. at the bottom of the league. Yeah, they had didn't they have draft pick Palooza last year, or is that this year? They're just not quite as sexy as we thought they'd be. That was last year, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was last year, and then kicked the can down the road with the Saints Olave trade. Yeah. Okay. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, on that AFC note, so the Titans, even if they go start to struggle even more than last mm-hmm. week, they're going to be fine because the only thing nipping at their heels is the Jaguars and Colts, both four and eight Colts are four, eight and one. Yep. So they're fine. However, I want to ex- extrapolate on the seventh seed right now. The jets are in at seven and five. Let's face it. They're going to be seven and six and five days, four days when they lose to the bills at home. So you'd have the seven and six jets, the six and six Patriots, the six and six chargers, five and seven Raiders, five and seven Browns, five and seven Steelers. So it's going to this is why the NFL has a seventh seed. It's going to be quite the race. Um, mm-hmm. If you assume that Mike White and the Jets will start to turn into the Jets a little bit more. Not that they're going to do that, but they are going to lose to the Bills. That's not breaking news. So, yeah, that seventh seed is wide open for any team that has it in them to run the table and get to 10 and seven or maybe nine and eight. My thing for the week isn't doesn't have big, broad uh, takeaways, but it's just the fact that Sean Watson looked like utter poop. He just looked like shit. His QBR was 28.5. He looked like somebody's ass. 
The, the Browns <laughs> had like three touchdowns, but they were all defensive and special teams. <laughs> and it, it was just like, you know, God smiled at us, at least for one Sunday that says they were not going to let it be, you know, they're not going to get away with this because everything that they did, whether it was giving him the however much guaranteed and then letting them just apply like a dollar or what it was to the 2022 salary cap. It was this, it was as if the guy above was like, let's have him suck. Let's give him a little comeuppance. And so the <laughs> the Browns still won, but he looked uh, go watch some of the tape. I mean, he, he looked like a Broncos quarterback. Oh, and... <laughs> we'll take him. <laughs> and I was glad to see that. Uh, just for a little little redemption that they had to pay the piper, even though they, <laughs> even though they won. Uh, week fourteen is is among us, and tomorrow night is what is it? The uh, battle is this one? Raiders, Rams. Mm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they're not playing Baker Mayfield yet, are they? Probably mm. not. No. Yeah, it's too short of a week. I would assume it's too short of a week, and he isn't good enough just to take command of an offense. But Wes, kick us off with week fourteen. The item you're looking at. Oof, week 14, what am I looking at here? Uh, one of the more intriguing games or intriguing matchups for me is uh, going to be uh, Browns-Bengals. Uh, let's hit right back on the uh, Deshaun Watson uh, thing. Yeah, he, he looked like trash. Uh, I kind of knew it coming into the season just after seeing how he did in preseason. Uh, it's part part of why I LOL'd when uh, you traded him in one of our leagues for a first round pick. <laughs> oh, I, I forgot I about that. Believe that. I was now. like, of course. I, just, I could not believe that. Uh, but yeah, uh, I kind of knew he would suck. Um, <laughs> one thing to to watch in this matchup though is Kevin Stefanski is uh, undefeated against the Bengals. So um, that's right. Mm-hmm. Does this Browns team have enough in it, Sands, you know, good quarterback play to um, overcome the Bengals uh, in their house? That I'm not certain of. Um, so I, I'm just kind of interested to see what will happen there. Um, Joe Burrow got Jamar Chase back last week, and that offense looked pretty good against Kansas City. They were able to upend them and uh, for the third time in 2022. Um, can they keep that uh, continuing uh, into this week uh, at home against the division foe uh, who's had their number as of recently? That, that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, and I'll go ahead and jump in here too. That's that was my game as well. So I'm gonna go ahead and get in there. Uh, but like you mentioned, Joe Burrow has not beat these Browns, and <laughs> w- which is insane. But you know, at the, at the same time, this guy's red hot right now. He's suddenly jumping into the MVP for Ray after beating the Chiefs. How wild is it that Mahomes has never beaten Joe Breezy? And oh, like, and then which is even more crazy that he's never beaten the Browns. Some sick circle going on there. And then, um, but, you know, he now faces the most talented quarterback the Browns have had. Even if he's not good right now, the Browns haven't really thrown any great quarterbacks at Joe Burrow, which makes that record even crazier. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, like like we discussed, he didn't look that great against Houston last week. But, you know, maybe he just needs a little bit of time and can make this a game. 
All that being said, this is set up for Cincy to nuke this matchup. Me personally, I'm I'm rooting for uh, Deshaun Watson's downfall. Um, plus, I you know Jacoby Brissett's like my guy. He became one of my favorite players this year, um, especially even outside of fantasy. It's just hard not to root for that guy. I w- I would love a scenario maybe to where they pulled Deshaun Watson because he's just not ready right now or some type of crazy drama. But um, either way. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm, I definitely think since he is going to nuke this matchup, Jacoby Brissett, hopefully he goes to a nice team next year, like the Jets or the Buccaneers or something the like Broncos. that. The Broncos! But, <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I mean, I'm going to be watching this game, rooting for the Bengals just to throttle them, and the Bengals looking like, you know, this is just a bounce board to go continue their hot streak and take it straight into the playoffs, take it to the Chiefs again. Uh, schedule them in for the AFC Championship right now with the, how they're playing. It's pretty crazy. If I was a Chiefs fan, I certainly wouldn't be excited about what happened Sunday. But you have to know that they're going to, Bengals are going to be circled in Mahomes' mind for the rest of days. And <laughs> I can almost guarantee you if those te- two teams meet in the playoffs, I don't care where it is, the Chiefs are going to win um, just because it's so much. Uh, mental chalkboard material for the presumptive oh. MVP. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't. I mean, it's 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 weird. I remember that dude from PFF, Re Myroff, tweeted mm-hmm. that the Bengals have now beat the Chiefs twice or three times three in 2022, times. and I was like, this guy's on one. But yeah, in the calendar, yeah, yeah it, it was. I guess evidently week 18, the playoffs, and now now this. So yeah, it's quite remarkable that they've pulled that off. Kudos to them. Now if they could beat the Browns in their hodgepodge of mid quarterbacks, we shall see what what to, what's to come of them. Uh, Jason, give us your item for week 14. Yeah, well, they have to beat the Browns. I mean, I am now a Bengals fan, primarily <laughs> because of the all-white uniforms that I just love. And oh. I, I really enjoy watching the Bengals team play football. I really do. And and Joe Burrow, it's hard really not to like that guy. I mean, I just remember that picture of him smoking that cigar after they won that championship down in LSU. Um, uh, So, and I mean, yeah, I mean, he's going up against a guy that looks like some dude's ass. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we, and everybody should be cheering against that guy. Everybody should be. Um, and I do want to comment that now everybody is cheering against Russ, you know, <laughs> for some reason. I mean, this dude goes to, you know, children's hospitals and, and sits with cancer patients and things like that. But people really get off on, 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 uh, on belittling that guy for some reason. No, I'm looking forward to the Dolphins beating the Chargers, Ooh. making the Chargers go down and getting one more loss on that uh, record that you mentioned in that playoff race in the AFC at the bottom half. Um, and I think it's going to happen. And And oh, my goodness, Chargers. Oh, what's going to the reckoning that's going to come to that team after this year is guaranteed all but guaranteed. Even if they win this game, I don't care what happens. They are going down. I mean, they've had things in place there for the most part, the same for the last three years owned and operated by, um, by the same coach, the same QB, and it's the exact same results. I think, you know, I think being a Broncos fan stuff, I think being a Chargers fan would be even more difficult, especially when you have everybody who's anybody telling you that Justin Herbert is the next Joe Montana or whoever they're comparing him to. Um, what a what an awful situation it has to be over in L.A. 
and each each one of these years, especially the last two, you go into the season, you look at their roster, and you're like, "I caramba, this thing's gonna cause problems." Yeah, and, and then it just doesn't because, like, in terms of vibes, they're the Vikings West. Like, they just they get into close games. They usually do something stupid on special teams. Not the Vikings of this year. <laughs> the Vikings of the last sixty one seasons. Um, let's see. What was I gonna? I had something to say on that. Oh, yeah. So we were at a point. The Raiders are probably McDaniel's probably safe now. I think somebody on this show said a couple weeks ago that the AFC West could fire four head coaches. Hackett. Um, what's the Chargers dude's name again? Uh, Brandon Staley. Staley. Yeah, Staley. Yeah. yeah, Staley. And then McDaniel's, if they end up going nine and eight, he could hoodwink them into thinking they're going to be fine. But yeah, this was a division we thought was just inconquerable could have at least two head coaches fired. Um, the game that I'm watching the most, I'm not sure, Cody, we'll see if you have one more thing to ke- touch on. I'm not sure if you did or not. Okay. Is uh, Tampa at San Francisco because for three hours of real time, it looked like Tampa was just wayward and cooked. And then I guess maybe it was two hours and 40 minutes. And then just vintage Brady just took over yeah. after, uh, after it, I swore he was seething over the head coach's decision to punt when they were down 13 and they had fourth and 10 from like the, their own 30. They punted and that shit worked. The, the uh, opting not to go for it worked in an offense first analytical era. And it was all because Brady did Brady stuff. So now all the sins of that game are washed away because it was another heroic comeback that you expect that will happen in the playoffs when the Bucs inevitably get there. And now you're back on like, all right, is this the game that galvanizes the Bucs? Because we've seen that before, mainly during the pandemic season. You look at the other side of the field, these rejuvenated Bucs are taking on now these suddenly confusing 49ers. Because I don't know if the Brock Purdy Love Fest will continue. They didn't make a move for Baker Mayfield, nor would I. Um, but they also didn't you know, inquire about Fitzpatrick or who else is out there? Kaepernick or Cam Newton. It sounds like they're just fine in-house with their guy in Brock Purdy. But we all know that they're a foundationally good football team that usually hits its stride at this time on the calendar. And I don't think that they're going to be suddenly shitty with Mr. Mr. Purdy. Um, But I don't know that it's real feasible in today's NFL that you can just, you're allowed to get to the Super Bowl and win it with a QB three. So at at home, you'll get Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant versus Brady. Think about those, you know, <laughs> Brady, the, the goat versus Mr. Irrelevant. Mm-hmm. I'll put that on the billboard. And you, then you're trying to figure out well, what gives here because the Bucs are going to the playoffs. So are the 49ers. And, you know, this is a typical game that you could see in the postseason, especially because of the seeding. The San Francisco is going to end up with the three seed in all likelihood because the Cowboys are screwed by the NFL's playoff rules, uh, which I'm totally OK with. Um, but it should be a fascinating game because it's, you know, Brady is Brady and the Niners are usually the Niners. And suddenly everybody kind of misses Jimmy Garoppolo, which is weird because he was kind of a joke. Um, who's he going to be traded to back in yeah. August? Yeah. All right. Watch now Br- watch mm-hmm. Brady go and face this rookie and tear them up and just look over at the sideline knowing full well. We all know Brady wanted to play for the 49ers at one point. We all mm-hmm. know Brady can possibly leave the Buccaneers. I mean, it makes sense. He got them a Super Bowl. They went all in. Now they have to pay the piper. Brady's going to leave and go win a Super Bowl somewhere else. I mean, I would hate it for all my Trey Lance shares. 
but I do want to see Brady go somewhere, go somewhere awesome. And, you know, it's a totally Brady thing to go dominate this 49ers defense. And like you were talking about, maybe the, these refreshed bucks are getting back on track. They definitely have to start now. They can't start yeah. after this week. They can't start after the 49ers. The 49ers go out, go down there or I don't is are they playing in Tampa or San Francisco? San Francisco, Santa Clara. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, if they stomp out the Buccaneers. I mean, once again, another team that might be saved by their by their division. But yeah, uh, there, there was nothing about that football game that would suggest that the Bucks are going to make noise until yeah. the last five minutes. And we know verifiably based on history that that type of thing can be a rally around a moment. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of comes to fruition whether or not they look like feces. Again, <laughs> against the yeah. 49ers, or if they like look like a team of destiny, because this is precisely what they did when the Brady did the four fingers thing. Yep. It was it Thursday night, Sunday night football, something like that during 2020. And yeah. uh, and then we all laughed at him, thought the guy was quasi washed and he wasn't. Yeah. And it's it's a true test. This is the this is the goat we're talking about. If literally anybody was going to pull this off rest of the season and make a run at the end here especially starting off against the San Francisco defensive unit, it would be Tom Brady. But can we please manifest some Tom Brady to the New York Jets? I need it in my blood. I need this to happen this summer. Why? It would be so good. It would be just like Brett Favre going to the Vikings all over again, <laughs> except it's for the poor Jets. At this point, it's no fun to laugh at the Jets anymore. We would need aerial oh, so shots. bad for them. Yeah, aerial sure. shots of Brady getting off the plane. <laughs> yeah, ima- exactly. And imagine Bill Belichick's look on his face with Brady over there in a Jets uniform. Yeah. It would look totally weird, but I mean, we've seen crazier things or just as crazy things happen before. Yeah, what, what's even crazier, though, if you look at it this way, Mr. Irrelevant versus the GOAT, yeah. Brady was pretty darn close to being Mr. Yeah. Irrelevant, too. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it could be, hey, could be a passing at the torch, torch to Mr. Yeah. Brock Purdy, too. Yeah, talk about being in class with that guy, like what, last year? And <laughs> now you're just watching the football game, but you're like, wow, that, that's Brock playing against Tom Brady right now. And like, yeah. especially if he's beating him, that'd be a wild experience. That'd be a great. Oh. That's how I always feel in basketball because LeBron's been around forever. Uh, there's like dozens of dudes now, almost maybe all of them that grew up just idolizing watching LeBron. And now they go play him like it didn't know thing. They're like, oh, yeah, we got Bron mm-hmm. on the docket tonight. And I don't even I don't even know if they get starstruck anymore after you played against them a couple yeah, times. Yeah, uh, Brock Purdy actually was born the year that Tom Brady was drafted to the Patriots. <laughs> Isn't that nuts? There you go. That's yeah, your yeah, it's even more of a sign. Uh, here's the criteria for dark horse Super Bowl teams: the only teams you cannot choose are the Buffalo Bills because they are the Super Bowl front runners per Vegas. Still, suddenly they're back in the one seed. We all blinked, and that happened. Uh, you can't pick the Chiefs because they have Mahomes and you can't pick the Eagles because they have the league's best record. Other than that, Cowboys are fair game because most of us believe that they're destined to collapse because they're the Cowboys and anybody else is fair game. I'm going to start this round and I'm going to go with uh, the Ravens um, because I believe by the time the playoffs roll around Lamar Jackson, I think will be repaired. And I think we know that um, uh, Tyler, it's Tyler Huntley. Yeah, Tyler Huntley. Tyler Huntley. Yeah, when, it's weird when you watch him come in because, like, just based on how he moves, you're like, I thought Lamar was hurt, and you're like, no, that's not Lamar, that's Huntley. So I think he'll do his damnedest to keep the ship afloat. They've got you know an eight and four record, so they shouldn't be in any type of territory to miss the postseason if Jackson's out for a few weeks. But I think toe to toe, if they match up against the Chiefs or Bills, 
I've said this before in the show, it would be a matchup that I'm like, I don't know. I wouldn't want to play these Ravens. So I think in terms of dark horses, I can see the Ravens getting to the to the February dance and perhaps winning the damn thing, depending on who they match up against. And I'm not historically a big Lamar guy. Uh, I do think he's awesome. But last year, I don't know if he played hurt or whatever, but last year he just didn't play good. And I got kind of perturbed by everybody saying, oh, so good. He sucked last year and nobody gave him any heat for it. But I do like them this year to be the dark horse of the NFL, if you can consider them that. I mean, they are 8-4 with the former league MVP. Wes, hit me with yours. Is it the Dolphins? It is not. <laughs> um, that, w- that would have been too easy for me. Yeah. Uh, also, I'm concerned with the Dolphins on the road. Uh, that defense just tends to disappear when it's on the road. That's weird. Um that could change, but until it changes, I, I can't pick them as a dark horse Super Bowl team. Um, my dark horse Super Bowl team, um, you guys just spent a couple minutes talking about them. Uh, that is the San Francisco 49ers. I think that they are the perfect dark horse team because they just lost a very key component in <laughs> uh, starting quarterback that has led them to the Super Bowl before. Um, they are operating with a third stringer, Mr. Irrelevant, and I believe it, a lot of people have kind of written them off as um, a team that can make it to the Super Bowl because of that. Uh, this is a team that has um, the best defense in the NFL in almost every statistical category. Um, I don't know if... Um, if whoever they played last week, if uh, they scored in the second half, but they had a a streak where they they hadn't allowed a score in the second half uh, for four or five games in a row. Um, and let me see here. That was the Dolphins, and the Dolphins did get a late score in the fourth quarter, so that broke that streak. But um, garbage time. Yep, yeah, garbage time. Exactly. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, I, I could definitely see the 49ers um, with their defense and run-focused offense um, upset some teams. Uh, they have the the perfect blend of uh, the defense and the run game to go into somebody's house and just make it a, a ugly game and come out with a victory. So they're they're a team that I would definitely consider as a dark horse Wes, one of those teams i have to point out is usually the packers that they upset along the way because it's an annual tradition but i have to ask you this there they will be forced to play three playoff games how on earth do you trust brock purdy to win he's going to have to have at least one moment you think he's capable of doing that uh, i mean he's, he's got five test games ahead of him yeah to to knock off some of that rust and the teams that they have coming up aren't slouches the buccaneers uh going up against brady that'll be his first test then mm-hmm. they go to seattle um that's a, a prime time game um they host the washington commanders who are suddenly uh relevant again that defense is you know nothing to um balk at and then they have the suddenly hot Raiders in Vegas and they finish the season uh, at home against the Cardinals. So um, I think it's 
with that slate of teams ahead of them, it's a good test for uh, Purdy, and we'll see what happens. Let me ask you this one more thing, not necessarily challenging the dark horse thing, but what happens if next week or the week after that, uh, jo- or Purdy just looks like Josh Freeman? Uh, what would the 49ers do? Josh Freeman for the Vikings, excuse me. Uh, what, what would the 49ers do if Purdy turns out to be a total joke? Uh, they have uh, forever journeyman. Uh, what's his name? Josh Johnson yeah. as, as the backup. Um, I'm upset about that too. He, in the limited play that I've seen him over his career, I, he seems to be able to get it done. And I, I think that Shanahan would be able to instill a lot of the, um, the the offense that he once envisioned with. Um, Cody, help me with the, his name. <laughs> uh, the quarterback, uh, Trey, Trey Lance. Trey Lance. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't Josh Johnson? Is is he one of the XFL or USL's finest? Or is he, is he uh, never? No, quite he's gone been there? in the league. He's been in the league for like almost 14. two decades. Fourteen yeah. teams. He did pretty good with the Jets um, a <laughs> couple a while back. Yeah, he's yeah. he's uh he uh. Well, he did pretty good when he stepped in for the Ravens last year. Oh, I like the two decades part. Man, he's old. Uh, wait, he's, uh, <clears throat> XFL passer rating leader 2020, baby. Oh, there, nice. There it is. And he's a good dude, too. He wished uh, Marquette a happy birthday. I got it on video. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, now we got to start. Boy, if 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 that's a crazy scenario, if Purdy isn't the real deal and Josh Johnson gets on, then because we know that, then we'll start the starship for him and the 49ers. We'll oh, yeah, man. <laughs> Josh Johnson is a forever Bronco. Who is yours, uh, Jason? Your dark horse Super Bowl team? Is it, we're just we're just doing one team, not one of each division, correct? Nope, one team. Okay, well then it's it's my it's my preseason Super Bowl <clears throat> pick, and that's and that's the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, how can you? I, I don't know that. I don't know what they're being talked about nationally. Um, I don't watch a whole heck of a lot of that anymore as I once did, but these guys. Especially now, I'm looking over their entire schedule and and how it started this year, where we're at right now. They have done everything right by my estimation. They've won the close games. They've had comeback wins over good teams. They've beaten good teams. Exactly what you want by doing it. I mean, the exact way I envisioned it at the beginning of the year when I predicted them to to go to the Super Bowl. Um, I mean, we're talking running the ball, throwing the ball getting everybody involved and it's it's i mean they've 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 done it all i mean i in the in those close games are the ones you want to win they've won the games that most people expected them to win they didn't lay i mean they had that that stinker against the cowboys but that didn't seem to phase them at all um really like what i see up in minnesota uh o'connell coach of the year bar none i can't i can't imagine that honor going anywhere else um, they might got to get a couple other awards there too in Minnesota too with Justin Jefferson. Wow, what what an incredible job they've done up there. What so the topic of debate? We all know this pretty intimately in Viking circles is the the Vikings' inability to beat a team by more than one score. What say you to that? They cannot beat anybody by 
more than eight points aside from the Packers. You know, it, it doesn't matter that, okay. that, that, that statistic matters none, because I'll tell you something, everybody makes a big deal of the Broncos defense. And they say, well, if they would only score 18 points, they'd be nine and two. That's bullshit. Why is that bullshit? Well, because they've had three games or four. Gosh, it might've, yeah, I think it was four. Cause it couldn't have been five that they've been up 10 points their defense allows the the other team to get right back in it, (laughs) right? So oftentimes teams score as much as they have to. Yeah. And, and that's, I, I see that every single week happen in Denver where you would think that, okay, finally the offense gets a lead. Doesn't matter though, because then their defense just allows it. So sometimes some teams score only as much as they need to. What impresses me the most that, yeah, I mean, it's a win is a win is a win. And against the opponents, um, and the, the, the way that they, I mean, they've that, that comeback against Buffalo speaks volumes to me. Um, but, uh, I don't think that that, that stat matters at all because I mean, the Cowboys beat them by 20, 30, 37, 37 points. What that doesn't prove anything that, <laughs> that proves nothing. Right. I mean, the, the, I, I just, I don't know. What do you guys think of that stat? I don't, I don't think it matters at all. Um, it, it doesn't matter in, you know, being pragmatic because I guess the, the, the optimistic spin is that when they get to the playoffs, it's going to be like, oh, it's another Sunday. We play every game we play is like this. So they're not going to be phased by it. But historically, Super Bowl winning teams usually along the way figure out just to beat somebody. And I think it just gives us anxiety that we don't want to get our hopes up like we usually would. And then they're a one and done. We're like, of course. We should have seen this coming. They couldn't beat anybody by more than a seven points, eight points. So uh, I, I don't. I certainly don't think that they're fraudulent. It's just perplexing that it's like a religion. They cannot beat somebody by more than in the last three months. <laughs> can't beat anybody by more than eight points. And usually they find ways to make it interesting. Um, they usually they either get off to a slow start and then come roaring back. Or last weekend they were up twenty to three. And like, it was, it was the most predictable thing you've ever seen in your life. They came out in third, third quarter, three and out. And you were like, Oh God, here it comes. And it came just like that. Just marched down the field. Offense just looked like the Broncos. And yep. And then, then there there always comes a point with the O'Connell Vikings that they're like, all right, now it's time to quit fucking around. (laughs) And then they go win the game. Yeah. Collectively. I mean, (laughs) and they've won, they've won games in different ways and 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 the and they've been able to come back. They've been able to sustain leads, albeit even if it's only by a little bit. And like this last week, what they were able to do, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the Jets get down there and they got four four attempts and and they stop them. So you got you got the defense stepping up when it needs to, the offense stepping up when it needs to. Both sides of the ball p- playing just incredible complementary football. I mean, it's 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 really nice to see it. The thing that's weird that you'll find if you watch more of them down the stretch and hopefully all of January is there is this predictability and Wes and Cody can tell you all about it and they probably have dreams about it. There's this predictability that the other team is going to find a way. They're going to march. They're going to chunk plays. They're going to make it close. But then when it's crunch time, I kid you not, you're like, all right, they're going to stand up and they're going to figure out a way to win this. It, it's the weirdest thing in the world. It's like the whole duality of man. Like, you know that they're going to dink around and make it close. But with, when it's the final drive, you have this 
budding sense of confidence that, well, yeah, these are the O'Connell Vikings. They're going to be just fine. It's very, yeah. very weird. It's an incredible, I was going to say, it has to be a changing of the thought process as a, as a, in a, in the feeling for yeah. a Vikings fan. Cause this is, it's not like this, this isn't like the, the, the case Keenum team, no. right? Mm-hmm. It, it not at all. No, it, no. Cause that, that defense was flat out good all the time. <laughs> yeah. It's completely different than any, any Vikings team. Now, no, I don't watch them every week like you guys do, but I mean, it's different than, than from what I remember seeing. And it's just, it's got a whole different feel to it. And the way that they're getting it done up there is just fantastic. Yeah. They, keep- oh, and then, you know, beating teams by 30 points. I mean, the 2013 Broncos <laughs> proved that that's, that doesn't matter. Yeah, that's, <laughs> so. You're a good person to ask about that. That's, that's correct. Uh, all right, Cody, you're going to take us off air with your dark horse, dark horse before the show started. You said you were going to, survey the field, figure out who hasn't been talked about. So I'm curious to see who you came up with. Yeah, you made it a little tough on me. Before the before the show started, I had um, the ones that really caught my eye were the Vikings, Dolphins, and uh, of course, uh, my favorite down here, the Jets. Um, you got the, uh, let's see, the Ravens and the Chargers, the Jets, and the Raiders. And of of course the Browns, if they end up pulling it off this weekend, you got them all competing for the last of the AFC, like you alluded to earlier. Um, I I just don't see the Ravens faltering. I'm a big Tyler Huntley believer. uh, And actually our quarterback episode, I alluded to the fact that I had him as a top 20 quarterback in the league, Tyler Huntley. He he's obviously you can't replace Lamar Jackson, but I mean, they got a week's strength to schedule the rest of the way. I think they lock up one of those spots, but you know, Give I know I talked about them badly earlier, but give me the Tennessee Titans. They got the number 30th strength of schedule here. If they do figure out this counter to this Derrick Henry problem up the middle, uh, we have seen in a couple games to where they throw him passes out into the flat, and then you'll see all of a sudden Derrick Henry has 70 receiving yards in a game because some poor little defensive back out there had to try to tackle him. Um, if they, their team that once they get rolling and they get hot, they, they believe in themselves. And like I was saying earlier, it could be a tough out. This is a team who is number 11th on the Super Bowl odds um, to actually win it all this year. Um, But that puts them right ahead of the Seahawks and right behind the Ravens. Um, And so for me, it it definitely is the Titans. I do not think the Patriots, Browns, Raiders, for sure the Giants, Commanders, they don't stand a chance. I hope the Jets do, but I think um, all those teams are going to regress. And the Chargers... This is their last hurrah, but I think they're going to be a team that fires their head coach. So I don't think they're going to go. And so, I mean, Titans or Seahawks, Seahawks would be crazy. They're a team that could be getting healthy at, at the right time. They did just lose that rookie running back, but Pete Carroll, you know, next man up, just like kind of like with the Titans, you know, these players play hard for those guys and they always play hard for them in December and January over in Seattle and Tennessee. But, um, don't be surprised if Tennessee's right back in it again. And this time they do take that final step and Derrick Henry gets to go to a Super Bowl, Super Bowl because, I mean, if we talk about people who deserve it, Derrick Henry has been carrying the Tennessee Derrick Henrys for the past five years. For sure, <laughs> without a doubt. That's right, he has. <laughs> the Derrick Henrys. <laughs> yep. so, I love it when you say that. My uh, <clears throat> Not my cautionary tale, but just, I guess, a little factoid is I pulled the numbers here. Um, so when we talk about Dark Horse team and I use the Bengals as a frame of reference, well, now you think of it like, well, yeah, they got Joe Burrow and they went to Super Bowl and they almost won the damn thing if it wasn't for a little bit of 
Ramsian uh, luck there. But at this time last year, it would have been bizarre for anybody to say the Bengals are going to not run the table, but almost and go to the Super Bowl. Uh, they were seven and five through week 13 last year. And right now, these are the seven and five teams. So wrap your head around, you know, get back in your time machine, go to week 13 of 2020, 20, uh, excuse me, 2021. And these Bengals were seven and five. That could be one of these teams, the Tennessee Titans, seven and five, the New York Jets, seven and five, the New York Giants, seven, four and one, the Seattle Seahawks, seven and five, and the Washington Commanders, seven, five and one. So in terms of the surprise factor, shock value, it doesn't feel like it now because we've already have the benefit of history and Joe Burrow being the coolest cigar smoking person alive. But it would be the equivalent of one of those teams I just rattled off getting hot and then mm-hmm. in the postseason just making some noise. And that that's how how I wanted to bring this topic up is uh, it, it seems like, well, yeah, that was the Bengals. They look they look damn good, but you don't know it right now. It could be one of those teams that's total dark horse. Well, God, yeah. Washington. I like it. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> and doing and doing this exercise, I was I decided to add in the strength of schedules and rank them along with all the teams. And I couldn't decide. So you have like the Vikings, you have a great record, but we have the number 31 strength of schedule. In my mind, you think, okay, that's good. You can get hot and it's all about momentum and carrying that into the playoffs. But I mean, could it also be a bad thing? Have I mean, the Vikings have had two rough losses and you just kind of got to hope those were big enough punches in the mouth to make it to where you don't get caught with a stray in the playoffs. Yeah. And, they had one rough loss. I mean, yeah. you can't chalk up the Eagles game as I mean, I'd love to see those two teams battle it up. I mean, they yeah. beat a lot of quality playoff opponents along the way though, too. If you're talking about Buffalo, mm-hmm. Washington, uh, you know, I mean, obviously Jets, you can't throw Patriots. the Jets, Patriots, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Dol- so uh, they- Dolphins with Bridgewater. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so do and- y'all think that like the Giants with the number two strength of schedule, one of the hardest schedules? Do you think that that would be? Is that if they end up Here- crushing that schedule, does that help them? Here's the thing about the strength of schedule, and I actually had a talk about this with uh, my coworker. Um, so the strength of schedule, it, a lot of these late games are backloaded with uh, interdivisional opponents. So. Mm-hmm. The Vikings have the like one of the easiest uh, remaining strengths of schedule because the rest of their division sucks. Mm-hmm. But we all know that divisional matchups mm-hmm. throw the records out. It doesn't right. matter. So even they're though they might be uh, easy games record wise, they're not going to be easy games uh, <laughs> for, for the opponents. And same with. Um, uh, the NFC East team that you had mentioned, True. they are going up against these other NFC East juggernauts that are all as of right now in the playoffs. So mm-hmm. that's where that strength of schedule comes out. It's a very yeah. good point. That is pretty interesting, actually. Like everybody expects like uh, the Chiefs to beat the Broncos by like 30. Mm-hmm. I bet I, I, I don't see that happening yeah. primarily yeah. because of that division game. Yeah. Right. So really, it's like quotation, quotation marks, you know, 31st. Uh, strength of schedule when really, you know, they're the all gonna game be will be easy for someone else, but we'll figure out how to win this game like 13 to 7. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. They're all going to be tough. You when know? you talked like, about strength of schedule, Cody, um, I pulled up something here. Um, and then uh, right next to strength of schedule on ESPN, they also have strength of victory, which shows, uh, you know, how good are you based on the teams you've beat? And the lowest of these teams that are 
quasi contenders, the Chargers, and it kind of makes me laugh. They beat the Raiders in week one, Texans, Browns, Broncos, Falcons, and Cardinals. Woo. And then they've lost to the Chiefs, the Jaguars, Seahawks, 49ers, Chiefs again, and Raiders. So it's mm-hmm. it's like that quintessential that they take care of business sort of against the teams that shouldn't hold a candle to them. And then they play anybody that's at all formidable and they, you know, turn into a pumpkin. But they barely and, beat Denver. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> and and doing this exercise, you're looking at the Chargers right there at the 13th best odds to go to the Super Bowl, which is kind of surprising in itself. And they got the 29th strength of schedule. And you're thinking, you know, that that's a prime team to pick as a dark horse contender for this exercise. And mm-hmm. the fact that it's just they're straight up not, even though they have this great opportunity to sneak into the playoffs, they're they're in prime position to take care of this. But we know in our heart of hearts that they're they're not they're just not going to do it. it Something's going to happen, and, you know, that's exactly why their head coach is probably going to get fired. God, what in the world is wrong with that team? Seriously. Put Justin Herbert on the Broncos. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's, let's bring him in. Um, but, you know, because they only got three wins more than Denver, right? But you don't ever hear anybody really saying a whole lot unless I'm unless I'm not paying attention to the right folks but you don't see the 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 kind of hate directed that way as you have with Denver now I know the expectations in Denver they haven't even came close but nor have they in 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 Chargerville either no but with the Chargers you're just used to it because this is their MO whether they have Philip Rivers <clears throat> or, or Matthew Robert. Stafford. Yeah, you gave a whole speech about it, <laughs> what, two or three weeks ago, Cody, about how, like... You're the Matthew Stafford guy. You're the I'm one the that Matt- gave the speech about Well, no, it. but you talked about the parallels between... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, this is Charger football. So the fact that they're 6-6 six and six underachieving, mm-hmm. it's the Charger way. It would be like... Somebody saying to us, what's wrong with the Vikings kicking situation? We'd be like, bro, <laughs> yeah. we've been oh, doing this new for here? 25 yeah. years. This is weird. <laughs> this is standard operating procedure. That's incredible to think about, really, because, yeah, they've been suffering over there for mm-hmm. years. Yeah, Time even, is a flat circle, it all repeats. <laughs> even their good Philip River, Philip Rivers years, those 14 and tours and 13 and three years, they all were upended by Manning or Brady. And so when they're good, you don't get too high. And then when they're middling like this, you just hope for the best. And every chart, if you're going to turn on a primetime Chargers game or any game for that matter, it's going to go haywire at the end. And yeah, they're all it's the like same that. as it was with Philip Rivers. I just sent a picture to the group chat that made that I saw it the other day, and I was like, they're both frowning on the sideline. And it's like, that is Philip Rivers. I mean, yeah, yeah it, it makes me happy insane. to see other folks suffer too. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, th- I complain about me seeing the same shit for the last six, seven years. But yeah, you're right. I mean, decades they've been yeah. dealing with it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, First. they get the, they get snake bitten by but, the weird stuff. Yeah. That's why they're given the nice uniforms, though. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. We, We'll be back. Let's see. Next Wednesday, we might have a special guest. We'll figure out the itinerary and perhaps tweet that out. But um, next Wednesday night, talk about week 15. Anything else? Nope. Great show tonight, gents. Indeed. All right. Take it easy. All right. Good night. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V 
on YouTube.